listening to TBR Radio, brought to you by the Barge Review. Now, the Andrew Carrington Hitchcock Show, with your host, Andrew Carrington Hitchcock. Hello, everybody. Before we start today, this is the AFP show, and before I bring Dave up, uh, people will be familiar with the station manager of Eurofolk Radio, Paul English, who's done many shows with me. Uh, unfortunately, Paul has been ill, and so I would like I would like to ask everyone to remember Paul in their prayers. He's okay, but please pray for his speedy recovery. And now I'm going to bring Dave Gahari up from the American Free Press and the Barnes Review. And you will have noticed that I've got some new music there for TBR Radio off the Barnes Review. So, Dave, are you with me? I am, Andy. Good morning. Good morning. It's great to have you back. And you weren't well either. So I was remembering you yeah. in my prayers. Um, and uh, so uh, Paul, actually, he filled in for you last time. Um, and basically, uh, just to let the listeners know, we've decided to do something with the Barnes Review, which is a sister company to American Free Press. And I suggest people go to barnesreview.com and we're going to have a radio thing launched there. Uh, we're quite excited about it. The plan is, is that I'm going to be interviewing people that write for the magazine and discussing the particular articles that they've submitted to the current issue and so that'll be some interesting things to go through for the listeners and um, I've already got a load of people scheduled they've been really really responsive and we're going to have most of the writers in the current issue discussing their current articles and other work that they've done and their background so uh, I'm going to be recording that next week Uh, what have you been up to? Well, I just got back from Arizona. I I went out for a USS Liberty memorial there. And a traveling uh, via plane, which is not always fun. It's uh in fact I don't like it very much. I don't know how some people could could actually fly like regularly. It just beats the crap out of me and you know, I don't know what it is whether it's the fact that you've got all this uh stale air circulating throughout the plane or something else but i always feel like crap when i get off of the uh, off of the flights it takes me a day or two to uh, clean, clean it out of my system so i uh, went out there flew out of a small airport here in the florida panhandle and had a stop off in charlotte which isn't a very big airport it was okay and then uh, went out to phoenix and uh, attended the event hung out with a bunch of uh, great guys and gals uh in maricopa arizona which isn't maricopa county it's a different county Uh, and and we honored the uh the crew of the uss liberty the uh men the young men very young men remember most of these most of these sailors and marines and civilians because they had civilians on board because it was a spy vessel it was leased basically to the National Security Agency and the Joint Chiefs of Staff. It was a seaborne listening platform, Liberty. Of course, this happened June 8, 1967, so today's June 3rd, so the 49th anniversary is coming up, and what happened was that it was in international waters listening to uh, traffic uh, during the so-called Six-Day War, which was, as we know now, it was uh, not a, uh, a defensive war on on Israel's part, uh, Israel launched the first strikes. Uh, it was an aggressive war on their part, and it was a land grab. And 
we can trace a lot of the misery uh, that uh, the world is experiencing today directly to that six-day war. And most, many people, I'm sure most people don't realize that uh, in the United States prior to this 1967 illegal land grab that uh, terrorism existed uh, not from uh, Arabs, Muslims, but from, well, you want to take a guess, Andy, who the terrorists were in the United States prior to 1967? Well, uh, Dave, I mean, we can use Menachem Begin's own words, and um, he's, he was asked in an interview after the bombing on the King David Hotel um, if he considered himself the father of terrorism in the Middle East, and he said no in the whole world. That's right, because they invented the, uh, the truck bomb. But uh, the terrorists that existed prior to 1967, to prior to that land grab, were Puerto Ricans, believe it or not. Uh, Puerto Ricans in the United States. They actually uh, were the terrorists, the predominant terrorists. They even detonated bombs in, in uh, Congress, in the U.S. Congress. Really? So there, there were no Arab terrorists. And the reason that there are Arab terrorists is because of that land grab. And so long ago here, it's coming up on 50 years next year, that's the anniversary of the attack on the Liberty, when Israel was basically given the green light to commit premeditated murder of American citizens without any repercussions on the high seas. When that happened, they pretty much realized that they could do whatever they wanted. If they could murder American citizens, sailors, Marines, civilians on the high seas and not have to worry about anything, then they could do whatever they want. So you could trace this ish, this uh, problem we have here in the world directly to the USS Liberty. If the treasonous, spineless scum that are in Washington, D.C., if they would have said, wait a second here, you did this to a United States ship in international waters? <laughs> well, let's see. Are we going to bomb you back into the Stone Age, or are we going to do something else? But you're not getting away with it. But literally, from the moment it happened, and I mean the moment it was covered up, and this is this is based upon... Well, this is all evidence, but this is based upon the fact that, or or if if it was a fact that it was something that the U.S. didn't know about, there's some evidence that those up in the higher echelons of the U.S. government knew about this attack and that it might have been done uh, as a false flag to blame Egypt. That, that It's not very clear if that's the case, but let's just say that Israel did this to the, the USS Liberty, just because they could. The U.S. did nothing. They did absolutely nothing. They let them get away with cold-blooded, premeditated murder. And I can tell you, like I said, because of that, now look at what they do, not just to those poor Palestinians in their own country, in the Palestinian country, which isn't obviously the Israelis or the Jews, but what they do to people all around the world. They think they can just traipse around the world with their assassination squads and just kill whoever they want. And they can, because the United States allows them to do it. They've never once 
buckle down on it. They never once said, you know what? You can't do this. That's not right. You're violating every law. You're not special. You're not different from other people. So in one sense, the trip was, uh, was a great trip because I got to see, and, and as I said, and hang out with these people, uh, these real heroes. Uh, in another sense, it, it really brings back all the, all the reasons why the world is in the shape that it's in because of this, this one, uh, little, a miserable, nettlesome, uh, illegal nation, Israel. Yes, I mean the the. I mean what you said about they just get away with doing anything around the world. I mean it isn't just assassination squads; it is literally anything. The uh, mass immigration into Europe is all um, controlled by these people, and all the lies that we're being told. It's really funny over here at the moment because we're going through this referendum. Um, as to whether we want to leave the European Union or not, which I believe comes up on June the 23rd. Um, and they're, they're literally arguing that the people who want to leave are saying, oh, it'll control immigration better. And then the Prime Minister Cameron says, oh, no, we can control immigration when he's had no control over immigration. He only got elected uh, recently. And um, basically, he, he just barefaced lies. The, the promises he made about immigration, the figures have gone up, not down. And then he's trying to tell us, oh, we can control it in Europe. Well, he hasn't been. I personally don't think that they'll control it getting out of Europe because the Jews want to uh, destroy the white race. There's no doubt in my mind. That's why we're having all these things in all the white countries, all this immigration and all this multiculturalism that, that they're promoting. Um, so that's just another level. But I've got the American Free Press up here, and you're, you know, you actually wrote the lead article on the front page, June the 8th, 1967, the day liberty refused to die. And there's actually a picture there, which I believe is from uh, the event that you went to, remember the USS Liberty. Uh, do you want to talk us through that article, Dave? Sure, yeah, that's that's right. I, I actually took that photo. And yes, that uh, that is the front page article for this week. Well, actually, it's uh, not just this week, but the following week, because American Free Press is a bi-weekly newspaper, so it's an actual real newspaper that you can hold in your hand. Yeah, go and through you know where cool people... Go ahead, I'm sorry. Sorry, go through, through... That's a good point to go through where people get it, where they go, the the print edition, the online edition, etc., etc. Sure, sure, yeah. Well, the best way is to go to the website, AmericanFreePress.net, and if you go to AmericanFreePress.net, then you'll see... Right on the front, there's uh, a, a banner where it says American Free Press, uh, America's last real newspaper available in both print and digital editions, and, of course, the menu. And right on the menu there, you have subscribe. Well, the, the first thing to do, if you'd like, is to the right, it says sign up for AFP's free weekly news, e-newsletter and get a free e-book. Uh, so if you want to stay in touch with uh, what we're doing there at the newspaper, that's the best way to do it. We don't send out very many emails, um, but uh, we send out a few, and you could stay in touch with that, with us through that. Also, you, there's a subscribe tab, and and you could subscribe to the paper for as little as, um, well, first you can get a free sample edition if you'd like, uh, or you could sign up for two months, four months, six months, a year, two years, so on and so forth. And, of course, there's a digital edition, which is a PDF of the paper, which you can access right through the website. And what's pretty cool about American Free Press is that whenever I go out, I always have spare copies with me, no matter where I am. And I'll go and 
uh, distribute them, uh, put them down here and there. And it's interesting watching, if you can, if I'm if I'm there when it happens, uh, the look on people's face, uh, their faces when they actually pick up the paper and look at it. Because, uh, well, it's just a newspaper, but but what's interesting is that it's saying the things that obviously the the mainstream media, the uh, captured main, Zionist mainstream media, will not say. And people pick it up, and they're just literally enthralled. And I, I met somebody on, on the plane on the on the way out, and I was working on the plane, and she was reading or doing what she. And we got to talking, not right away, and you know about current events, and and she, uh, I won't mention her name, but uh, she. She works in uh, Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. Uh, we know about that. <laughs> um, it's it's a pit uh, anywhere where uh, these are uh, black, uh, predominantly black cities are pits, uh, disgusting pits. They took these once beautiful cities that you can you can just look at the photographs of what these uh, cities were, uh, and they destroyed them. They turned it into garbage, absolute garbage. Of course, it, it all goes back to the fact that this country was founded, and you won't hear this anywhere because the, they don't want you to hear it. This country was founded by white northern Europeans. That's the fact. Uh, they want to erase all that. The cultural Marxists want, want to erase that fact and uh, let these animals take over the cities, which they're doing. And so uh, Philadelphia, and I used to live there for a little bit, but Philadelphia... Uh, she works for the school system, and it's, uh, well, <laughs> I don't even have to say. You can imagine what it's like with those savages in there. And uh, we were talking about a bunch of things, and she was just so invigorated and uh, so excited that there was someone else out there and an entity out there. She just said, you made my day. You know, she was, people don't know. See, this is the, the problem is people don't know about this newspaper in great numbers. And we know why they don't. But when they find out about it, it gives it literally gives them hope. It makes them think, well, you know what? There is some there is somebody out there or a group out there or more people out there who think the way that I do. You would think that in today's day and age that that wouldn't be the case. They would already know just about everything that's going on, but they don't. Uh, so it's it's always good to to do that to meet somebody who uh, you can uh, encourage uh, with really with words only and uh, nothing else and so uh it's it's really worth it for folks to um to take a look at american free press if they don't know about it and and likewise the barnes review uh, which is like you said the uh, sister magazine to american free press and uh, if you go to barnesreview.com or org uh you'll see uh, it says home of uh, tbr revisionist history magazine and bookstore dedicated to bringing history into accord with the facts. So if people don't realize that that history is written by the victors, uh, then I don't know what to say. But um, just take a look at how certain issues used to be handled in the world, how they used to be referred to. Heck, you know, I read this book relatively recently uh, about uh, a mentally handicapped guy that was uh, sentenced to die in prison for a crime he didn't commit back in um, 
the 1930s out in Colorado. And back then they used terms like uh, imbecile uh, and moron uh, as uh, technical terms, uh, just like they used the, uh, the, uh, ne- the word Negro. Uh, and it wasn't uh, considered to be a slight. So things change. People need to wake up and realize that they change and that they're changing for a reason. They're changing because the masters who control things want them to change. So uh, that's why TBR is very important because it provides some perspective and depth as to uh, the reality of what's happening out there, not just what the uh, antiseptic, uh, corrupt uh, mainstream media and the mainstream book book publishing entities want you to believe. And they're all controlled by the same people, and they always have been, and they're always going to push the same message. That's why when you watch the news or you read a book that's on the New York Times bestseller list, uh, they usually don't deviate from the same uh, play card. It's because they're controlled by the same people. I don't know if you wanted to, before I get into the liberty, if you want to say anything about that, Andy. Well, more what I'd like to do is, um, I mean, if people type the Barnes Review into Google, then at the top you get the Barnes Review, and then you get a Wikipedia page, and then the Barnes Review Southern Poverty Law Centre, founded by Willis Carter in 1994, the Barnes Review is one of the most virulent anti-Semitic organisations around. Its flagship journal, the Barnes Review, and its website, barnesreview.org, are dedicated to historical revisionism and Holocaust denial. I'm only reading what comes up on the page. Well, you know, if that is the case, then it's obviously a good publication because the the next thing down there is an article from 2010, again, SPLC, lying about Auschwitz, the Barnes Review on the Nazi death camp. Well, we know that the Jews lie about these things, that there weren't any gas chambers, and it's been proved by so many people that as soon as the Leuchter report came out, that was when they panicked and they started putting all these Holocaust denial laws out in, in, uh, throughout Europe. So you're not actually allowed to question the official narrative of the uh, so-called event. Um, from my point of view, I've got the current issue, and it's not all about Holocaust denial, denial at all. It's about uh, real history. So people go back, and um, I'm not going to get into each of the articles now because I'm going to be doing shows on them, but you'll see it's a a very wide-ranging analysis of various different things in history. So it's not just a publication that you sign up and it's just going to be stories about the Holocaust every issue. Um, I think that there's one in there, this issue, and there's... um, you know, about 15 different long articles because they're several pages long, uh, most of them. And uh, I've certainly enjoyed looking at it and I'm looking forward to speaking to the people about it. But from where I come from and any right-thinking person will come from, the listeners, what have you, they know uh, about the Holocaust and the fact that it's a big fraud. Um, And, of course, the fact that they're being... Barnes Reviews being attacked by Southern Poverty Law Centre, so prominently on the first page on Google, just goes to show that the contributors to that publication know the truth and are passing it on to their readers. Right, they're 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 on the right track. Like they say, uh, you know you're over the target when you're picking up flack. Yeah. So yeah, that's exactly what's happening, and it's always these these pieces of garbage from this uh, this really poisonous, disgusting uh, organization that I've actually been to. I've actually 
loitered around the grounds of the Southern Poverty Law Center. They parked themselves right in the heart of Dixie, right in Montgomery, Alabama, the dirtbags, just to let people know, you know, that uh, we're here, you know, a bunch of carpet bagging, um, skullcap wearing dirtbags right down there in, uh, and like I said, in the heart of Dixie. So yeah, they, and they get a lot of play. They get a lot of play. It's, it's pretty incredible. The news in general, I, I ran into something that, um, an article is, it's very important for folks if they don't already know this. I'm sure a lot of our listeners already know that or know this, but the way that they insert information, which might seem really innocuous to the casual reader in one of their articles, and I'm talking about like, let's say an AP article, because a lot of these mainstream media organizations uh, get their news from The Wire, uh, whether it's Reuters or uh, Associated Press or whatever it might be. And what they do is here, they'll put something in there, and there was an article, I can't remember what it was about exactly, but they had mention of the Confederate flag. Actually, it was about Congress voting on removing a uh, Confederate symbol, or one of the states voting on removing it. And uh, way down in the article, they, they said, as a matter of fact, that, um, you know, the reason that this is happening was because uh, the... Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. I know what it was now. It was, it was this, like, lame piece about how... Uh, it, it was around Memorial Day and how flags, U.S. flags, are, are they're selling so many and they're making a comeback. And the reason was is that patriotism is returning and all this stuff. And, and they're talking about this flag company, this huge flag company here in the United States that, that you know, produces these flags. And they made mention of the Confederate. But, but this flag company uh, will not uh, sell uh, objectionable uh Material like the Confederate flag. So, just this one little lame article by the Associated Press or USA Today, I can't remember what, what it was, that mentioned how flags, how you're, and it's not a huge increase in flag sales, but uh, let's say they're up uh, 5% or 10% over the previous year. But just by inserting that little thing in there, what ha- what's going to happen here is people are going to look at that and go, yeah, well, this is uh, these are objectionable here. It says it right here in the article. They're hateful. Yeah. This is horrible. And so people will become indoctrinated. It will seep into their their minds that this is a bad thing. I don't know if you saw that little article. I'm going to try to dig it up while you're talking. Yeah, and uh, while uh, I've been listening to you as well, I just wanted to um, bring – I was looking for something because um, – and I'll probably post this with the show on the uh, on the link on the post. Uh, I'd, I'd heard about Morris Dees and someone jrbooksonline dot com. They've done a Morris Dees PDF fact sheet you can find online. I'm not going to read it all, but just to give you the background on the guy that runs the SPLC Southern Poverty Law Centre. Uh, perhaps explaining the SPLC's gay rights activism, Dees was cited in 1979 by his ex-wife with a homosexual encounter during their marriage. She also cited numerous affairs with women, including his daughter-in-law and underage stepdaughter. And that's from the Alabama Court of Civil Appeals, uh, CIV 2114, 
1979. So that's off a court document, folks. Um, so I'm not going to make this a show on the SPLC, but I think it's worth... I'd heard all these stories about this guy. Um, so, of course, he is a dirtbag, as are the organisation. Um, and people can read through that when I put it in the post for the show. Um, yeah, but the, the, these situations, as you say, with the flags and all this, the whole idea is is to get rid of any sort of nationalism, um, and that's... It, it's so laughable because the Jews, the only country in the world that is a uh, a racial state is Israel, and it's declared right. a Jewish state. Now, you could say, well, these African countries, you know, we've got white people, they're trying to get rid of the white people. Yeah, but all the African population, they're not, you know, indigenous from South Africa or indigenous from Zambia or Zaire or wherever you want to call it. Um, they They just travel around they they all mix up these blacks so you know black just means anywhere in africa really uh and, and there's i don't want to go off track but um they're trying to pass a law now in south africa to uh basically take white land for nothing because what was happening was they were trying to force the whites to sell it but the whites have ended up in so much debt with all these uh, draconian laws that have been put on um done by the communist black government over there that um, they haven't been able to sell it without realising the debts and so they want too much for it so the blacks can't get it and so they're trying to get laws passed now where they can just take it for nothing in a similar way to what they're doing in Zimbabwe um, and people always want to tell you about oh well South Africa you know the, the blacks were there first and the whites went in no the story is so simple that the area of land that South Africa was built up on was completely unoccupied. The whites went there, they built a civilization there, and even land that was on the borders, they let the blacks have back even when they didn't have that land either. But the idea of South Africa going back to the blacks because it's theirs, it never was theirs. It was just uncharted land. The whites set themselves up and then the blacks decided, oh, this looks interesting because they've never built any culture whatsoever. They couldn't even come up with a sale. And so the only real uh, country in South Africa, and I say historically now because, of course, since the whites have lost the rule, it's become more and more of a ghetto because if you give these people any sort of uh, responsibility, then they're going to cock it all up. Um, that's why they flocked to that, because they couldn't create it themselves. And now, oh, you created it, but we want it. And so you give it to them, and it'll just be a ghetto, and it's already been turning into a ghetto. So uh, back to you, Dave. For, uh, yeah, same, same, same as here, what we were just talking about. The same exact thing as uh, Philadelphia. Same exact thing. All anybody has to do, really, it's, it's not rocket science. All any has, anybody has to do is look, just look, open your eyes, and look at the entire continent of Africa. What do you see? Honestly, what do you see? I'll tell you what you see. You see dirt. You see dust. You see a jungle. You see nothing. Then look at Europe. Look at the magnificent architecture. Look at the history. <laughs> That's all you have to do. Open your eyes and look. Nothing. What comes out of Africa? I don't yeah. know. 
Mm-hmm. Anything, any civil, any, any idea or, or any essence of civilization. I don't think so. So this isn't a very complicated thing, but because of the cultural Marxists and political correctness, that's what, that's what's happened. But I found the article here. Listen to this. It's, it's very, very telling. Flag sales have banner year rise in patriotism cited. And this was from May 29th. And it's going on and on about how this company in uh, in Illinois, it looks like, Eder, E-D-E-R, manuf- flag manufacturing company, Oak Creek. Um, and it goes on and on and on that, uh, you know, what they're doing, how they're... Uh, how they are uh, making flags and the increase in uh, the number of flags they're making and blah, blah, blah. Okay, sales are up 15% from a year ago, partly from 2016 being a national election year. So that's really the main reason. It's not patriotism. It's just the fact that you know these dummies are waving the flags to get these criminals into office so they can steal money legally. So, but the the headline is flag sales have banner year. Of course, that's a play on words. Rise in patriotism cited, which is not even patriotism to begin with. So it goes on and on and is talking about the September. By the way, that 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 iconic photograph of the <laughs> flag in the September 11th photo that's been lost. Uh, and documentary filmmakers have spent years trying to track it down. So it's it's going on and on and on. And then it says here that um, they sell American flags, state flags, and flags of other nations. And then it says um, one thing Eater, that's the company, won't do is make offensive or controversial flags. Last year, it stopped making and selling the Confederate flag, following a wave of public reaction against the symbol of the Confederacy. So just that one thing, that one sentence, actually two sentences, because the the previous sentence says it won't make offensive or controversial, so they're tying the Confederate flag to offensive and controversial, when in fact the Confederate flag is a symbol against federal tyranny. That's what it was about. You know, we've said this before, but this wasn't a civil war that was fought in this country. This was a war between the states. If it was a civil war, that would mean that both factions were fighting for control of the government. No, the South just wanted out of the government, which was their constitutional right. It's written down that they could have done that. You could still do it. If the states don't want to be in the government, they can get out of it. But that's why it's so important to to pay attention to stuff like this, this one, and I, and I, and I don't usually read these lame articles. I just happened to, I wanted to see what they were, what they were trying to, you know, pass off here. And in fact, I was right. There was something in there to, to further their cause, to make it seem like anybody who would go against the, the monolithic entity that we have here, this, uh, government, media, security, uh, prison, uh, military apparatus here in the in primarily in the United States, uh, they have to counter that constantly, and they use these idiots who are consider themselves reporters or journalists to write this crap, and then they make sure that they edit it to follow exactly the, the playbook that they need in order to do what they want. So that's why Barnes Review, American Free Press, are so important because. You're not going to get this garbage there. You're going to you're going to get the stuff like we're talking about. I mean, we're you you mentioned South Africa. That's a fact. 
I mean, there was nothing before uh, the whites moved in there. The blacks didn't want to go there because there was nothing there. And they have never, maybe they can, I don't know, but they have never developed anything on their own. And I don't know why that is. You know, is there something genetic? Is it, uh, is it something learned? I don't know. All I know is just open your eyes, look at the continent of Africa, and what do you see? Do you see uh, skyscrapers? Do you see magnificent buildings? Uh, do you see civilization? Do you see people getting along? No. You see people with machetes hacking up other tribes. Mm. I mean, it is. But, well, even, but even, we can't. Go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say, even in. Well, when the blacks got control of South Africa, within a year, it was the rape capital of the world. And all these babies were being raped because these blacks thought that they were told if they had sex with a virgin, that it would cure them of AIDS. That's and that's right. a and well they still do fact. it. Yeah. And this is my point. And so, you know, as soon as they get given any sort of control, uh, you know, the, the country was better when the blacks were kept in their area and the whites had their area. I think that the mistakes that the whites could have made is without a doubt i think that they've you know used um blacks as you know to do work uh, that they were paid for they weren't slaves but you know you really need to have kept the whole country completely free of blacks in the first place this whole idea that's not not just south africa but throughout the world of bringing in cheap labor and all that and it's always this immigration and it ends up biting people in the butt because these immigrants breed more and more and more than the uh, indigenous white population. It always seems to happen. Uh, and as a result, they end up taking over the nation. And, and we've just seen that historically. Look at countries like Portugal and what have you. Um, so, yeah, it, it, separation is the only solution. And South Africa was a great example of that. When you look at how it was as a society prior to uh sorry, during apartheid, until what it was as a society after apartheid was uh, was stopped. That's right. Well, you know that uh, <laughs> that line, we should have picked our own cotton. Yeah. Uh, it's it's so true. Yeah, I, I mean, and, and besides the fact that there were so many more white slaves uh, than there were black blacks historically, uh, it's a shame. It really is. It's just a shame what's happened and what is happening. And... It's, uh, anyway, let's uh, let's move on, Andy, because I always drag on and we never get through the paper. No, uh, you but, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> the Liberty story, like you said, that's on the front front of the paper, and it's pretty much just a wrap up of the Liberty. I've been studying the Liberty in great detail and have uncovered a lot of information that uh, is not uh, put out, even by uh, by those uh, who know a lot about the Liberty. I. I read every book on the Liberty, tied it all in, and uh, it's really something that, that folks should pay attention to is this USS Liberty, which was a uh, converted World War II cargo ship that, uh, like I said, the NSA was using as a seaborne listening platform. And it uh, primarily, Liberty primarily just cruised up and down the, uh, the coasts of Africa uh, listening and uh, gathering information. Um, if we go to... Uh, Page three, uh, after, of course, page two, which is news you may have missed and the uh, from the editor column. It's another article of mine. I just happen to end up on this page. Uh, Christian's battle uh, bathroom buffoonery. That, uh, that boycott of that uh, store Target here, uh, the second largest retailer in the United States after Walmart, 
um, I interviewed the organization, the American Family Association, the spokesperson from the AFA, uh, that actually uh, organized the boycott against Target and uh, listened to what they had to say, how they, uh, they've they already got like 1.25 million people who have signed up for their uh, boycott Target pledge. I'm one of them. I said that in the article. I don't want to deal with a company that uh, openly comes out and says that, uh, well, any, if you feel like a man today and you're a woman or vice versa, uh, you can use any bathroom you want. As a matter of fact, they they had this policy in place for a while, but... After the uh, the news about North Carolina, the North Carolina legislature passing what's called uh, House Bill 2, HB 2, uh, really uh, because of what Charlotte, North Carolina, did, uh, that municipality allowing transgenders to basically go wherever they want. When that happened, as you know, uh, all of these liberal Marxist-type creatures came out of the woodwork and boycott. They want to boycott North Carolina. Well, what happened was Target on April 19th came out with something on their website about um, inclusiveness or whatever whatever they call it. Uh, let me just yeah inclusivity. Uh, so they reiterated their inclusivity policy on their website on April 9, on April 19th. They didn't. They had this policy in place, but they just want to let people know that hey, if you're you know. If you're some kind of a sexual freak that you don't know what you are, come to Target and just go to any bathroom you want. It doesn't matter if there's a little kid in there. Come on over. So this was April 19th. The uh, legislature in North Carolina voted on March 23rd to overrule what Charlotte had done. So a few weeks later then, uh, Target did this. And two days after Target did that, the American Family Association, which is a conservative Christian charity, uh, they organized their uh, boycott target campaign and uh, so quick quickly they accumulated a million uh, pledges and they went actually went over to target headquarters in Minnesota to deliver these uh, signatures and say well what are you going to do now and uh, management simply said as my guest uh, told me uh, we're going to continue to embrace our belief in diversity and inclusion <laughs> yeah. so they basically said you know f you uh, you know, we're, we're, we don't care that uh, a million people in a few days uh, are unhappy with our ridiculous, stupid policy. We're going to do whatever we want. So really the crux of this here is why? Why are these big corporations doing this? Who's behind them? And I brought this up to the to the guest. I said, you know, is it the usual suspects, the uh Jewish-dominated uh, ACLU, the uh, the Jewish uh, ADL. Uh, you know, she brought up another organization, which I'm sure is run by uh, by Jews because that's what they do. Uh, the uh, Human Rights Campaign, or whatever it is. Uh, of course, the the, the number one uh, uh, country uh, that celebrates uh, homosexuality and and sexual perversion is Israel. I mean, most people don't realize that that Israel is uh, in the vanguard of this. So, uh, again, connect the dots and find out for yourself. But but here, uh, who's doing it? Who's telling Target to do this kind of stuff? Is somebody telling Target to do it? Or is it just because, and she thought it was because, well, Obama, you know, the way that Obama said what he said about 
about uh, homosexuals. And she said, having President Obama as their champion has been a game changer, Mrs. Addison explained. Obama's shift on what is defined as marriage, how people should be able to identify, and whether or not those are civil rights, I think that has led to what's happening at the corporate level. It might be. I don't know. What are your thoughts about this, Andy? Well, certainly um, when people think of the largest gay pride march in the world every year, they probably think hmm, maybe San Francisco a bit or London or, you know, some big European country. But no, it's in Tel Aviv. And that's been widely reported. That is the biggest gay pride event of the year in Tel Aviv. Um, all these things that are happening are just examples of the Jew trying to degrade our society. And as you say, it's always Jewish organisations that they go into a country or they even, they start off, they'll go into a school and, oh, we need to get the Lord's Prayer taken out. They like to come in and change everything around. They like to just disrupt and nothing's ever good enough for them. Um, and this is the this is why we shouldn't have Jews in any country in the world because they are a parasite and they are a cancer. And all they do is they just, once they get in somewhere, you'll never satisfy them. They will change things and change things and change things uh, until you're destroyed. And that's why, historically, they've been kicked out of over 100 countries many times over. Um, and the problem is, is people never learn. They thought, oh, we'll just kick them out. Well, they end up coming back, folks. So there's probably another situ solution to that, which I'm not going to go into. But, you know, I mean, do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, we've got the, the edict of expulsion issued, uh, by Edward in, um, 1290 in the, in, in England. That's never been rescinded. Uh, Oliver Cromwell let him back in, but that was just the same way as, um, when they said in this country that they were, they weren't going to declassify cannabis as a drug but they weren't going to prosecute people for, for using it or being caught with it. Um, and so it's like, well, the law's still there, but we won't enforce it. So the law on Jews not being in this country is still there, but it's not enforced. And that's why they're not just in your country, they're running your country. Um, and you look at the degradation in your country, you look at the fact that all the immigration that they're promoting to come into your country, they're trying to destroy your country and they're trying to destroy you. And anyone that doesn't see this by now you know, I don't know what hope there is for them. You know, this is probably why we're in the mess that we are. And like you said earlier about leaving things like the American Free Press around, um, there's some great articles in there. Uh, people will be familiar with the direction if they listen to my shows or they've read my work or what have you. Uh, but for a complete newbie that basically gets all their knowledge from the television and the mainstream news, and if this is left in like a dentist's office or a doctor's office, I mean, it won't be long before they dispose of it obviously but um if it the, the idea that you were talking about of a complete newbie who basically thinks everything the government tells them is right everything they see on the news is true actually sees something like that it is going to be a shock to the system yes it, it is it, it's amazing because to us it's nothing but literally and and i and i don't care if it's a white person or a black person or a red person or a yellow person or a green person, all people. You know, I, I saw this uh, black guy. I, I put it down in a place I was at. He was he couldn't lift his head up from it. And I think, I'm sure, in that edition, there were some articles about 
the blacks, how they were rampaging in the United States. And so, and I just want to say one thing about blacks. Uh, I've met blacks from Africa who are miles ahead of whites in America. Yeah. Much smarter, brilliant, absolutely brilliant people. Shockingly brilliant. It's beautiful. So I'm not painting with some broad brush here. I was just, and I know you were too, we are just talking about the continent of Africa, what a disaster it is. Uh, I'm not uh, saying anything about blacks in general. I think uh, I think like the point I, is, is that, um, you know, the they've admitted that they had to dumb down the educational system to, you know, get the whites and blacks on equal footing. Um, of course. But, of course, you are going to get blacks in certain positions, um, and there are going to be, you know, not every white is not going to be better than every black, and, and even not just on an educational level. There are non-whites that I know in, in the UK that, um, that I would... Um, trust and be friendly with a hell of a lot more than a lot of white people that I see that are just absolute subhuman scum. But the right. key is, is that, you know, everyone should be in their own society and they should deal with their own scum and every race is going to have their own scum. But what some people try and do is they say, well, you know, there's a lot of bad white people, so we should have these uh, other races here or blacks, yeah. for example. But the fact is, is that's just a cop out. Um, the, the, Decent blacks should deal with the uh, blacks that are a problem and the decent whites should deal with the whites that are a problem. And as I've said time and time again, would racism be an issue if people lived in their country of origin? Uh, there, there wouldn't be racism, all this so-called... The only reason it all comes about is because the Jews force groups of people together that don't really mix very well uh, and it creates conflict. And uh, the Jews know this. And that's why when you had all this forced busing in... in, in America, uh, and you know, with the schools of forced integration, you know, if it was natural, it would happen naturally. People would naturally integrate, but no, exactly. it was forced. Had to be forced. Over to you. That's right. That's exactly right. And that's what that's what I was just going to say, is that it's it's not like you or me, or other people, regular citizens, were asking for this. <laughs> No. We nobody came. Nobody from from our end came forward and said, "You know what? I think that we should mix the races now." No, all you have to do, folks, is just look at that one thing right there. It wasn't you. It wasn't me. It wasn't anybody we know. Most likely, unless some one of the elites is listening to the show, which they might be. But it was done from the outside. It was people and. Sorry, it's just the way it is. It's it's mostly Jews. Don't ask me why. I didn't make it up. It's mostly Jews. You tell me. You go figure out why it's mostly Jews. So it's mostly Jews who got to the point where they said, you know what, we're gonna we want to mix the races. Really, you have to ask yourself the question: Why do they want to mix the races? Don't come and kill the messenger. Don't kill us because we're saying this. Go figure out why do they want to mix the races? Why is it that? You, not you, nor I, nor your neighbor, nor Andy, nor anybody said, hey, let's fix the races. Why was it this outside group and why do they want to do it? That's what you got to figure out. Yeah. All right, let's go to the next one. Oh, I'll just, um, take, I just, yeah, go ahead, Andy. Sorry, just a very quick point. I mean, sure. you, you've traveled, I've traveled. And, you know, if I go to a country and I've been to, you know, countries uh, all around the world, 
And if people are respectful to me, I'm respectful to them. Uh, so, but people in their own cultures, I'm respectful to those people in their own cultures, and they uh, largely have been respectful to me. I've, I've not really had a lot of problems on the travels. Um, so, this is what we're talking about. We're we're just highlighting how. You know, we can travel by ourselves and make our own decisions as to who we talk to. You go to some of these countries and they're trying to drag you into their shops and they're an absolute menace. I mean, Tunisia was dreadful. In the end, I ended up swearing at a load of people because I couldn't walk through a parade of shops without people literally trying to grab hold of you to get you into their shop. They're just Where, where was this? Uh, this was Tunisia where you had that okay. massacre of um, Brit- British people on the beach and some Germans, I believe, last yes, year. Yes. Um and, you know, they are literally animals. You can't, as soon as they see a white face, it's like, how do... And I, I honestly, I do get racially offended by it because they think that I'm just a... I'm so stupid that they're going to... They'll come out and they'll try and charge you. Literally, they'll quote you a price of 20 times more than they would charge someone in Tunisia. You know, wow. that's what they do because everything's done on barter. But it's only done on barter with the tourists. You know, if you if you live there or you're Tunisian, you you know the price. You know, but it's that attitude of get out of your and and trying to sort of, you know, as if I'm that stupid that I would fall for their crap sales tactic, tactics. You know, I I literally felt offended, and I won't go to places like that anymore. Uh, but other countries that I've been to where I've been treated with respect, I would go back to. Sure, it's but just common sense. Yeah, you move on to we've it's been a good show we've we've touched a few articles but we've got about seven or eight minutes left so you have a quick blitz through and uh yeah there you go uh page four nice article about israel top neocons want syria's oil richard walker is making the case that um this whole nonsense with uh, syria has to do with oil uh and this goes back to israel's land grab again back to 1967 a very important year uh, oil in the uh, Golan Heights, and uh, this, this article is talking about that being all just all about that. Um, I'll move on to uh, page six. Uh, immigration crisis accelerates. Western nations, U.S. government, United Nations making problem even worse. And that's by John Friend. Again, that's a continuation of uh, of the disaster that's being foisted upon us by our friends in the skullcaps, primarily. Um, next page is an ad. Uh, next page, uh, page eight, federal, le- it says Fed land grabbers, Bureau of Land Management has planned to expel citizens from all property. Fed see private land holdings as acute problem. And this is by Ron Ray. And there's a, um, a United States, uh, congressional representative named, uh, B- Rob Bishop. He's exposed a federal plot to seize over 400,000 acres of Western property for um, the U.S. government. So if you're interested in that topic, uh, that article is for you. Uh, the next page is an ad. Uh, the page after that is um, it's uh, an article about uh, one of the third parties. You know, we've got the Democratic and Republican parties here in the country that primarily run everything. Um, and there's another party uh, called the uh, Libertarian Party. So it's an article about that. I personally don't really uh, care much about politics. I've probably said that before. Mm. Uh, I think it's just a, a joke and a, a sideshow, and they're uh, they're just basically doing what they do to enrich themselves. Uh, next two pages are ads. Uh, 
Next one, page 13, Bilderberg 2016 convenes. Uh, they are going to be in Europe, in Dresden, Germany, which, of course, uh, you know, we could have uh, a whole week of shows on what they did to Dresden, Germany, uh, June 9th to the 12th. So this, uh, this group is going to be there. Uh, we usually, American Free Press usually uh, sends someone to these Bilderberg meetings this year. Uh, we're not. Um, the fellow who was who uh, helped expose the Bilderbergs, actually the, the the main the main person was Willis Cardo, uh, he, and he brought in this fellow Jim Tucker, yeah. who was a reporter, and he said, Jim, why don't you uh, look into these Bilderberg this Bilderberg group? Of course, Tucker knew nothing about it, and so uh, Tucker became uh, most closely associated with uh, investigating this Bilderberg group. He was called the Bilderberg Hound. He passed on a couple of couple of Aprils ago. Um, nice guy. I've met him a bunch of times. Uh, but Willis Carter was the fellow who, uh, who tipped the world off to the Bilderberg group. He was also the fellow who tipped the world off uh, to the Liberty. Uh, if it wasn't, uh, it wasn't due to the fact that, uh, that Willis um, put an article in, uh, several articles had a conference about the liberty in the spotlight, which is the precursor to American Free Press. Then uh, many, many, much, much fewer people would know about the liberty. So, well, that Cardo course, has done so much. Go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, by doing that, you know, don't. Well, you know, you, you're a major researcher on this, and you're doing a lot of work on it. But of course, it's my understanding that all these people that were on board were threatened. Uh, with, um, you know, they had to keep all this secret, otherwise they could lose pensions or even be killed themselves. But by doing conferences and highlighting this information in the way that Willis did, it emboldened those people to come forward. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what happened was that they did uh, threaten not just the crew of the Liberty, which uh, started out at 294, 34 were slaughtered by Israel, and not just slaughtered, uh, Viciously slaughtered, uh, 174 wounded. It was like a 70% casualty rate. So not only did they warn all of the remaining people on the Liberty never to say anything, uh, but they warned all of the vessels that came into contact with the Liberty from the USS America aircraft carrier, USS Saratoga aircraft carrier, each one uh, with a crew of almost 5,000 and I'm not counting uh, the other vessels, destroyers, USS Davis, USS Massey, uh, the Tug, the USS Papago, um, the uh, people in Malta, where they uh, they forced the Liberty to uh, to head to, to dry dock. So thousands and thousands and thousands of people were threatened that if they ever mentioned this, that uh, bad things would happen to them. And when... When a book was released, the first book about the Liberty by one of the crew members by the name of Jim Ennis, when that was released, that got people talking. And then uh, that, 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 you know, that had that run. And then, uh, and then Willis uh, decided to uh, expose it. And uh, that, that played a greater part because when that happened, uh, some wealthy industrialists in Wisconsin who had emigrated from Sweden, uh, the Grove brothers, they had read that article in the spotlight newspaper and because of that they decided to take uh, a large sum of money that they were about to use to uh, dedicate a public library in a town in wisconsin and uh, instead of uh, instead of it being the, named after their last name they decided that they wanted to aim at the uss 
Liberty Memorial Public Library. And because of that, uh, it still stands. And um, that's a, an incredible story. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it another time. But the Jews were so up in arms about that, that when they were dedicating the library, they actually even had to call in a, a SWAT team uh, to uh, man the roofs uh, because they were afraid that Jews from Milwaukee would be so upset that they were dedicating a library to some American war heroes that they would have uh, some problems. It, you can't make this stuff up, Andy. You, these 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 Jews are so virulent and evil when it comes to stuff like this that, like I said, you, you might hear what I'm saying. You know, come on, not you, but other say, come on, that can't be true. <laughs> it's, it's true, man. They have to have a SWAT team there to protect these U.S. war hero veterans from civilian Jews in Milwaukee. Well, I mean, exactly. It's it, Why would they be doing that? Why are they so bothered about uh, the USS Liberty being honoured? Well, they're bothered about it because then it will expose the fact that the Jews deliberately targeted it to blame on Egypt to provoke uh, America coming in and attacking Egypt, which, again, goes back to the Mossad motto, by way of deception, thou shalt do war. Now, we're out of time, but do you want to make a closing remark before we go? Sure, sure. I just uh, I pretty much hit on, uh, on, on pretty much everything. Uh, so that was good. All, 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 all the good stuff. There's a bunch more articles in there. Uh, I just wanted to say that, uh, you know, it's great being with you, Andy, and, uh, you know, being able to talk about this stuff and, uh, you know, <clears throat> elaborate upon it. And I hope that... Uh, that the listeners are enjoying it as, as much as I am, and hopefully you are. Absolutely. It's always good doing the show together, Dave. And, um, you know, thank you for joining me again. And I want to thank everyone for listening as well. And that's it for this week. I will be back next week with some uh, great new shows coming up. I'll be putting a note on the website, so if people want to have a look at that. But uh, that's it, as I say, for this week. So bye for now, and I'll be back with you all soon. You have been listening to the Andrew Carrington Hitchcock Show on TBR Radio, brought to you by the Barnes Review. Andrew's book, The Synagogue of Satan, is now available on his website, andrewcarringtonhitchcock.com, in an updated, expanded, and uncensored edition.